Hello and welcome to the 15 for 30 podcast here on Ballsley with me, Mick McCarthy. Every week we pick a new county's 15 for 30. That's the 15 best players, their best team, their best county team over the last 30 years. So since 1990 up until 2019, we have done five counties so far. We've done the Donegal footballers, the Waterford hurlers, the Mead footballers, the Tipperary hurlers and the Armagh footballers. And this week we're staying with football and we're doing the Mayo footballers. Mayo have had an unbelievable run over the last 30 years. They have got to eight All-Ireland finals. Nine, if you include one year outside the criteria in 1989. They've been so so many All-Ireland finals. They've had 13 Connacht titles. They've won two national leagues. And they arguably one of the, uh, the, the team of the last decade anyway. Possibly the best team in history to never win an All-Ireland. Um, an unbelievable run. An unbelievable consistent run. Um, some heartbreak in there, let's face it. But really um, looking forward to getting into their 15 for 30 with our guest this week, who is a player who played in many of those teams, uh, who was involved in uh, four of the All-Ireland Finals, 96, 97, 04 and 06, and that is David Brady. So um, David Brady is going to join us in a few minutes to pick his 15 for 30. But if you want to pick yours and um, influence the team that will be revealed this Saturday, just go to balls.ie and uh, go to the GA section and you will be able to vote there for your Mayo 15 for 30. Again, that's the best 15 players, the best team from the last 30 years. Um, lots of places to play for, and I'm looking forward to getting into it with David in a few minutes as he picks his team. Now, last week, we did pick the Armagh um, 15 for 30. Uh, loads of votes on that. Um, the team was revealed on Saturday, but if you missed it, here it is. Uh, in goal... Very, very close, possibly the closest of all the positions, actually. But uh, in the end, Paul Harty made it in uh, over the legendary Benny Tierney by just like 30 votes or something like that. So incredibly close. Full back line was Enda McNulty, Francie Bellew and Andy Mallon. Andy Mallon had a huge amount of votes. I think the seventh most overall um, of any player. Uh, half back line of Aaron Kernan, Kieran McGinney, of course, and Aidan O'Rourke with a midfield of Paul McGrain and Jarlick Burns. And that's Jared Burns Sr., obviously. Um, and a half-forward line then of Dermot Marsden, John McEntee, and Oshin McConville. And a full-forward line um, that you might expect of Stevie McDonald, Ronan Clark, and Jamie Clark. Stevie McDonald with the most votes of anybody. Ronan Clark with the second most votes of anybody. So that's the Armagh team. If you want to check any of the old 15 for 30s, um, you can do so on Balls.e. If you want to listen on the podcast feed to any of them, we had Niall McCoy um, from Armagh on last week. We've had Shane McGrath from Tipperary. We've had Brendan Devenny from Donegal and uh, Sean Tobin from Mead. Lots more. So you can go back and check them. But this week we're talking to we're talking about Mayo and we're talking to David Brady. Right, delighted to say we've got a, a live contender for a place in the team. I'm not sure if he's going to pick himself, but uh, delighted to say we're joined by David Brady. David, how are you? Mick, buddy, how's things? Pleasure to talk to you. And um, yeah, I didn't ask you could I put myself or not into the team, so we'll have to wait and see. We'll wait Do and see I? Do do I rate myself? Do I rate myself um, or not? That's the that's the question over the next uh, says over the last thirty years in the next thirty minutes. Yeah, and you could pop up in any position. That's the beauty of it as well. You know, it's. You uh... know, <laughs> I uh, I had a little I had a little scratch to my head when uh, the full back position came up first. So I go right, yeah, Lances, Can I put myself down twice? We'll see about it. We'll see about that. <laughs> I'll tell you, actually, I had a, we've had Shane McGrath on and Brendan Devenny and we've had Sean Tolbert from Mead and, you know, nobody's picked themselves yet. But, uh, you know, uh, Brendan and Shane certainly would have been close enough to the team in the vote anyway. But uh, I always am reminded of one conversation that uh, I had years ago, back when we used to go around the country doing shows and stuff like that, when we were still allowed to do it. And we were in yeah. Offaly one time and I was having a drink after a show with Johnny Pilkington. And he, um, we were picking a best of the Clare and Offaly teams of the 90s. And when we got to midfield, he says, well, I'll be there anyway. And, uh, and, uh, and I went, Donnie Regan. He goes, no, Jesus, no. And I said, Ollie Baker. He goes, no, 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 no. Colin Lynch, no, no. I'll play midfield on my own. Number 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's a bit the opposite of what everybody else yeah. is doing. Yeah. As a man says to me, uh, I'll take the kickouts and I'll kick it out to myself. <laughs> Exactly. Right, we'll see if you make it or not. I, I, suspect, uh, I suspect you probably won't go for it. But um, listen, before we start, actually, I just wanted to kind of talk about um, 
sort of this era and when they're putting you know everybody knows the kind of story and the the somewhat of a sob story of mayo at this stage but when you're looking at it you go one year further than the criteria here and you're into 1989 and you think to yourself that is nine all ireland finals in 31 years and because they're all beaten you kind of almost forget how much of a successful period it's actually been for Mayo. Do you know, like with 13 Connacht titles, again, if you're adding in the extra year, that's 14 Connacht titles in 80, with, with 89, and, you know, two national leagues, getting to so many All-Ireland finals, and just an unbelievable level of consistency to have what was ultimately three great teams over the course of that time, um, obviously give or take a few players who, who like yourself, will have crossed over between them. But, you know... When people think back at this, sometimes because you didn't get that one, you might forget just how good and um, like how how good and serious a football county Mayo have really established themselves in in that thirty year period. Well, definitely, and as you say, if you go back one year eighty nine, um, it it was the start of a golden era, and I'll I'll contradict you there. Um, the I, I'm always of the pretense that the sob stories come from other people uh, and not not internally in Mayo. There's no one. Uh, if you look back, if you look back and you can smile and you can say we had some time, we had some fun, some journey and some laughs. Um, there's not much sobbing there when you look at that. As you said, the, the facts and figures are after throwing at me there. Um, nine All-Irelands, 14 Connacht titles as such. Um, it's there's some phenomenal days out, but the most important thing is that you had teams and you had individuals. And uh, what we were trying to do was, yes, reach the elusive All Ireland final, but um, and 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 one step further win that. And it didn't happen, but um, it's it, that sense of success um, and that journey was brought together by teams and phenomenal individuals. And again, it's, when you're picking a team, you're saying, okay, if he's if he is phenomenally um, good footballer as an individual but did that person integrate and uh, make the team better and I think that's that's what people's discussion points will be were they, uh, were they an outstanding individual were they excellent players uh, or were they, were they um, did they did they bring something to the team and uh, I when you asked me to pick the Mayo team of the last 30 years I'm going oh jeez <laughs> I've played with I played with a lot of them over the last 20 or whatever, 20 years um, that you, you might have been involved from underage to, to senior to retiring. And uh, yeah, I have to say a hard task. And um, I, I, I nearly put in a few A and others, but we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. <laughs> yeah, it's that's not... The, it's, that's it's, the it's, easy way out. Absolutely, yeah. No, we won't let you away with that now, to be honest. I know you too well for that. <laughs> um, we like... It's it's such a difficult task. It was funny when I was putting together on Monday, you're kind of thinking of like, you know, the, the 96, 97 team, especially that 96 team that really should have won in All-Ireland. Then I think the 04, 06 team, obviously you're a part of that yourself and there was some great days there. And unfortunately, the kind of the finals didn't probably go as well. But, you know, some of the more standout individuals in Mayo's history, especially kind of came in those teams. And then I would argue that the team from 2012 the team of the 2010s really is probably the best team in history of football never to win in All-Ireland. And if you look at what they've achieved, they got to a semi-final every year but won. They, um, they got to, they lost um, four All-Ireland finals, one by a replay, another by a point, two by a point. They lost, I think, four years in a row to the eventual All-Ireland winners by either, after either a replay or by a point. You know, so I think the, sure. the, they were... The, Serious. They were you're throwing serious stats there, Mick. I have, yeah, yeah. But it, it's, yeah, it, yeah. it was just because I was building up my head. I was like, God, how many years ago? I thought it would be an even enough spread. And then when I started thinking about it, I was like, this team actually that's come, obviously, originally under James Horan and then under Rochford and everything like that, probably has taken it to a whole new level altogether. I don't know if Mayo would have that same place in the conversation if they'd kind of again, just kind of got to the sort of two All-Irelands a decade. I think this last decade has really brought it to a whole new level. And if they didn't come across, probably just happened to be the best Dublin team of all time. You know, it's a very doubt. different conversation, you know? Yeah, exactly. And again, there would be different um, accolades handed out um, and they're handed out predominantly or not. Um, more often than not to the, the eventual All-Ireland winners. And... Um, 
it is it is that small step, but as you said, and I totally agree that the uh, the 2010 team on, um, and that kind of that core set of that team was was phenomenally and is phenomenally some of them still um, exceptional footballers and team players and everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll get to the team and we'll see kind of what the what the breakdown is afterwards. Um, but we'll start in goal. Um, there's a couple of choices there. I suppose it's a, it's a few choices that even Mayo managers haven't been able to uh, to exactly yeah. decide upon over the years. But um, there is a, a club mate of yours uh, that would definitely be favourite for the position anyway. I don't know if you're going to go for, for him. Well, again, if I look back in the day when we played, it's not, it wasn't black and white, but I had, I had two outstanding keepers in John Madden, Perty we used to call him, and uh, Peter Burke. Um, phenomenal um, and intricate parts of our of our team, um, and again another guy called Barry Heffernan, who for me um, had the most accurate kick out um, of them all. And his his three steps back was was um, was before his time because he could ping balls left, right, and centre. And I I knew I seen it from a, a club perspective as well. And he played across Molina. Um, but Barry, Barry was definitely a, a top-class keeper. And we've been blessed with top-class keepers. As you say, the, the conundrum between David Clark and, and, um, and, and Henley, like it's, it's, um, it's been a toss-up and managers haven't been able to get it right. And um, it, it's, uh, for me, I suppose, without a doubt, I've seen him as a young kid growing up, uh, as a young player coming to a... a, a 2001 National League final. He was part of the panel that day due to injury. And um, he has consistently, and I think it's, it's again, thanks to Rob Henley that he, um, David Clark has lifted his game because both of them have um, played off each other phenomenally well. Um, but for, for me, David Clark is without doubt um, the finest goalkeeper that has ever graced um, the, the the small triangle of a, of a Mayo of a Mayo team's uh, selection. He's his shot stop and his and again people can criticise for his kickouts, but he brings his own style to his kickout, and um, he has been phenomenally consistent. And again, he has shown all the attributes to say right when the battle was there with him and Rob Henley, um, that neither man um, neither man stopped um, improving, and both of them improved over the last six seven years and. Uh, Clarkie, without doubt, um, as a club, as a as a former club mate of mine, I seen him when he was fifteen or sixteen. I knew he was going to be phenomenally exceptional and uh, one of the best, one of the best keepers of uh, of many generations. Yeah, absolutely. I remember meeting two time All Star. I remember meeting you at the twenty seventeen All Stars, and he just got got the nod that day. And I remember you were genuinely delighted. Oh, like you were like it I was because it was obviously between him and Cluxton and stuff like that. But I did yes. think it, it seemed to just mean a lot that. He was acknowledged, wow. I suppose, for those two it years. Meant, it meant a lot for me as a clubmate, as a as a as a neighbour of Davis, and a, as a Ballinam man, and then as a Mayo man. Um, look at you have yeah have personal relationships with these guys over the over the years, and man says I I, I took Clarky under my wing once or twice, and um, let, let him fall out of the nest once or twice. Yeah. But we won't talk about that. Um, Glad he got out. Clarky, yeah, I have. He's a height. He's the height of what you would call the ultimate professional and a lovely fella. And um, he, he, um, he will, uh, he'll be talking out um, again uh, in yeah. some way, shape or form and doing that battle with Rob Henley, but definitely number one over the last 30 years. Very good. Um, we'll get to the uh, full back line now. I think there's one person in there who's like a, f- a four-time all-star that you think will probably get in. But there are some other questions. And funny enough, when I'm looking at the early votes, it does seem like that the one corner back slot and the full back slot are probably the most open of them all. Um, you've got another two time all star there, the corner back, and, and a few other one time all stars. So it's all over the place, really, as to who you could pick. It's, it's kind of open season, really. So I'm interested in this one. Um, for me, I suppose um, I look back as well and see the class um, and the, the capabilities of a full back. And uh, to start at full back, I, I had the uh, honour and privilege of playing there, and it can be a lonely and isolated position at times. Um, but from out and out, and I honestly, um, again, Darren Fay was in the generation as well, he was an outstanding full back. 
But one guy for me that was the ultimate fullback, he, he would not play anywhere else. He was that good, that secure, and his reading of the game was phenomenal. It was Kevin Cahill from, uh, from Balahadrine. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the one of the finest and safest. You'd, you'd nearly be turning as the ball was going in, and I, I'm no disrespect, and a lot of fine players played against him. But as the ball was turning, as the ball was going into full for, to the full back line, our full back, you'd nearly be turning and saying, "Right, it's going to come out again," because Kevin Cahill was personified professionalism, and um, many of the people this generation probably wouldn't remember him. He yeah. he went he went about his his game in a very unassuming way. But um, he was absolutely outstanding. And yeah. um, I would definitely, definitely, straight away, that was probably my easiest pick, if I'm being straight. Uh, you'd have the likes of Gerard Cafferty, who has put in a f- phenomenal, very much of the same attributes, fantastic reader of the game, and um, a, a out-and-out full-back again. Um, you don't think of Gerard Cafferty as a midfielder or a centre-back, very much like Kevin Cahill. He knew his job, he knew his position inside out, and his reading the game was, was, was unbelievable. Um, if if Kevin Cahill ever had a, a a a child that could play fullback, I'd definitely say Joe Cafferty was it. Um, he was <laughs> he was very much in the same mold. But no, Kevin Kevin Cahill um, was my easiest choice to a degree yeah. straight away. He's there. He's in the lead. I would say at three at the moment. But um, it's definitely yeah, a, trip. a yeah. lot of votes for David Heaney actually, who um, you know wouldn't have always been um, in the full back line. But then I, I, I suppose people are trying to get him in the team. But I think Cattle is probably in pole position there anyway. So I think your endorsement uh, could yes. go a long way because I do think there's a lot. Sometimes there is a lot of younger voters as well um, that might might not remember the the first what decade of the thirty years yes. we're talking about. Yeah. You know, yeah. And Davy uh, was was top class full back as well. Um, I suppose. Um, the day, the day against Kerry when he went to Mark and Kieran Donaghy in the All Ireland, um, if you had Kevin Cahill and um, George Kafferty beside you, you still wouldn't have stopped some of the balls and the, the, the high ball he caught coming in. But um, yeah, yeah, it's um, definitely Cahill for three. Very good. Okay, and then uh, your cornerbacks then. Cornerbacks. Um, who did you say had four All Stars? Uh, Keith Higgins. Yeah. Um, and when you look, I didn't even know he had the four. Um, phenomenal. And a young um, player of the year as well, separately. Young player of the year, yeah. Phenomenal footballer. Uh, Zippy had everything. And as a young player, and then as he matured, and still he, didn't, he, defined, um, he defined his age. He, uh, he was still producing the goods. But his integration from a cornerback position... Um, to get involved with play up the field uh, was just phenomenal and he's continued to do it um, and he's had a lot he's a lot of miles on the clock but his um, his cornerback play and his counter attack play was uh, it was something that he um, he was a joy to behold and he kind of integrated that attack and play that we wouldn't have seen in back in the early 90s um, he integrated that into his game to become a top class player and as you say a four time all star if I, if I didn't put Zippy into the team, I'd um, <laughs> I, I'd be uh, I'd be questioning myself. Yeah, there'd be a couple of questions. All right, yeah. Now I think he's a he's a yeah. walk on in fairness, and you can't argue with that. Um, over no. so so many teams as well, he's always been there. And then in the other corner, the other this corner, is the one you're looking uh, at now. There's there's like if you get like Harrison Barrett, uh, Kenneth Mortimer, you know, there's there's all stars all over the place for one more spot in the full back line. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, and and and. Full, full of of, of um, people that you would um, rightly put there another day. Um, for me, uh, another guy that I mentioned, I, I, I was he was our captain in one of the All Ireland series. Is Gary Rowan played cornerback, the claw we used to call him. Um, but I, I tried to not let um, sentiment cloud my judgment, and I don't. Um, straight away, he was probably, and he had every right to be one of the cockiest cornerbacks ever I uh, played with. Um, he dominated that position, um, was, was uh, Kenneth Mort, um, without a doubt, without a doubt. And didn't probably have the longevity of a career that he should have to a degree. But Mort, Mort when he was on his day, when he was in his prime, um, he was a phenomenal, phenomenal cornerback. And uh, I suppose my judgment is clouded too by seeing some of his his tenacity and tight marking in training games over the years. Um, 
I actually can't put a finger on why his career didn't expand the way or have the longevity of what it should have. Mm. Injury probably played a part in that, but without a doubt, without a doubt, um, and no, no disrespect to the likes of Chris and Brendan, who are phenomenal cornerbacks, but definitely, definitely Kenneth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you ask Kenneth, he go rightly so. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to hear us. I like to hear maybe yeah. a family trait there as well. Uh, oh, we we might talk about another water. one. <laughs> Tis in the water. Yeah, we might talk about another one in a few minutes. We'll see. Um, yeah. That's great half back line then. So we're looking at David Clark and goal, uh, cornerbacks of Kenneth Mortimer and Keith Higgins and uh, Kevin Cahill in as uh, your stonewall number three, the easiest pick on the on the team sheet for you. Uh, half back line then. Another one that I think there's a few questions over. I think there's probably one lad, all right, that's going to be a guarantee. But there's, there's in my head, I'm not going to say who because I don't like talking about it. But I'd say there's five names in here that deserve to be in any team, if you know what I mean. And yeah, and to make it. As a man says, we get the obvious one out of the way um, in Lee. Yeah. Um, yeah, without a doubt. Um, one of the most exceptional and consistent performers. And the big big day when the when the big challenge was put up to him um, he consistently performed uh, against the best and maybe the greatest in the likes of it's become a, 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 and it's gone down in the, in the annals of I suppose football history the competition between himself and Jeremy Connolly and the the, the, the matchup that they've had over the years in major semi-finals and all the finals but Lee is without doubt hands down um, big time big time and I suppose when you said there at the start, um, the 2010-11, you know, era has been phenomenal for these players, and that's been a lot of it has been driven by a half a half back line that have um, continued to pull their teams back from the brink and dominate, and uh, again counter attack, and uh, you'd have to put Paddy Durkin um, at at uh, at left half um, at one okay. of the half forward or half back lines. Um, I would see him as being without doubt, without doubt, an absolute class footballer, class footballer, class apart. Um, and that's been the formation, the foundation of a lot of Mayo's um, progress and um, his road to, to uh, All-Ireland Finals is the Paddy and Lee com- combination. Mm. Um, good to see it, yeah. him get his kind of um, acknowledgement last year wasn't it like because you know, he's he's been a very good player oh, for a long time but the way yeah. he I, I, like I, I had, we had talked in our podcast last year about like the form that McCaffrey was in and I was thinking you know you mentioned Donaghy earlier and the form he was in in 06 and you know various yeah. other players that in their day and I was like I don't think I'd seen anyone who was as unplayable as McCaffrey was leading into that match last year yeah. And then yeah. he just did a job on him, like, and it was just, and he could play football. He could, you know, he could. He wasn't just taking someone out of the game. He had a brilliant game as well, like, and it was just when you see someone like that, it's just like, right, he's finally getting the the the, the oh, conversation yeah. that his performances have always uh, deserved. And the caliber of players he marked over a campaign, and I think it was highlighted that, you know, if you're a list of top six or seven men's a half forwards, Paddy came up against them all in some way, shape or form and dealt with them and actually gave them absolutely nothing. Mm. But from a, from a, from a, an overall context and again attacking, um, he was he was at one stage Mio's um, top scorer and him a half back uh, from play. Uh, he's, he's, he's exceptional. Exceptional and um, he definitely, you know, they are and you look back um, they are the last 30 in history, probably the two of the best half forwards that Mayo have ever um, ever produced. Yeah, very good. Um, so Lee Keegan and Paddy Durkin. I just saw it funny enough. Lee Keegan. I just saw a bit of the twenty seventeen final a couple of weeks ago. We're all watching back things, and it's just oh, that goal. Yeah, that goal that continues goal. to surprise me. It's like every yeah. time, even though I know it's coming, it's just like where does he yeah, come from? Yeah. And, where, um, where where does originate if only pops up and bang? Yeah, yeah, yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh, Shivers fa- down the back of your head. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm fascinated to see who's in at number six here now. I'm kind of fascinated too because I haven't <laughs> decided. <laughs> is um, it between, can I guess, is it between Colin Boyle and James Nallon? Um, Colin Boyle, Boyle James, uh, Colin Boyle, James Nallon, David Heaney. Heaney, yeah. Um, David, played, David played there at, at centre-back. 
um, for, a, for a long period. Probably so versatile that he played full centre and midfield. But um, yeah, and again, man, this is boiler. If I was to pick any team, I'd have Boiler on it. But, um, and I'd drop any player for Boiler because that's the type of player, that's the type of personality. And again, um, even up to last year, that's the type of warrior that you want. Um, but from, uh, I suppose, an athletic and athleticism point of view and someone that really lit the fire from a Mayo context and the, the, the 95, 96, um, 97, 98, he was a consummate professional. But James Dallin was absolutely top class. And I'd, I'd, I'd uh, in the last 30 seconds of my head, in the last two seconds, I'd give him the nod. Yeah. 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 Um, two different type of players, two different type of individuals. Um, for me, uh, I look at, I look at uh, James, and it's not because of the score that I'm picking him as far as overall and what he contributed to, uh, to in his career. But he scored a goal in the All-Ireland uh, semi-final in 96. And he just lit up the middle of the field from out past, out near the halfway line. And he, he more or less ran into the goal as well as scoring the goal. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal memory for me. Um, that was really, that was really, he was in his peak. And as an athlete and as a consummate professional, he was, he was as, as, Everything involved around his lifestyle is football, but he was he was good. He was very very good. And uh, yeah. would you say um, he was but, the biggest link? Like you 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 were there, um, Kieran McDonald, uh, Kevin O'Neill. But would you say like Nallan in terms of like his central, how central he was to both teams? That he was like the real link between the kind of the nineties team and the the oh four oh six team, like that. Yeah, yeah, and, and James was two or three years. Two, I think two years older than me, so um, he was kind of was coming to the end of his, was like the rest of us, his career in the in the o four um, o four o six period. But mm. um, in o four, um, he a big player. And I, yeah, and I, I I still remember like think about it. You're playing midfield, and you want to have a link behind you, and you want to have someone that's a, a, that pair of eyes, and someone that uh, I used to lo- love you give him the. Give him the heads up. I take I take number eleven if he drop back and uh, catch number eight or nine. That's that's uh, tracking back because Liam McHale definitely wasn't following one of them. So I, he was he saved me uh, he saved me and saved McHale and numerous times to uh, we'd always do the wink and drop wink and drop like eight or nine they're coming on your left or right we'll take we'll take the centre forward. So um yeah James at uh, James at number six. Very good, very good. That's a that's a hell of a hat backline. I think Colin Boyle is going to be the biggest. Well, I wonder will he be the biggest name um, you leave out? But I think you've explained that really well there, and kind of uh, it's made a very fair point. Um, the midfield, then we'll we'll run through the team again at the end. Um, midfield, by just you have some amount. You have mm-hmm. some amount of um, some amount of players. You have from look at the the, the Liam Max. The O'Shea's, David Haney, Tom Parsons, um, Pat the Plank for me was was an exceptional midfielder. Probably didn't get the recognition Pat Fallon um, that he deserved, and I suppose probably was unlucky in certain games not to be handed a more pivotal role or, or being put into the Freya games that he should have been sooner. Yeah. But um, there was unbelievable competition back in our day. And if you look at the competition between Shemi O'Shea, Aidan O'Shea, Tom Parsons, um, over the last couple of years, it's there's been always the the trilogy in, in each in each team. I think a main part of the trilogy in, in you know nineties, and I played with Liam Mack and throughout my career from club county and and back to club again. Um, but definitely. Um, Number eight jersey would go to Liam. He never answers. He was never allowed to take the number nine jersey. Club or county was always mine. Was always nine, and he was always eight. <laughs> but um, from a young guy, from a young guy um, coming Is into it? football and coming into the scene, yeah. Um, to play with Liam, um, I have to say I had the best understanding on a football field with any human being 
um, with any individual. Uh, I had it, I have to say, I had it with Liam McHale. It was just, we were telepathic from a club. So we trained, we tra- travelled, we played, we, 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 um, we uh, socialised together um, solid for, from a 10-year, for I say, at least a good eight years, week in, week out, day in, day out. Um, but I have to say he was um, he was an exceptional player to play in midfield with. And again, man says I, I had to do a little bit of the tracking back, but I gave him uh, I gave him uh, I gave him an easy time for that because uh, he was uh, he was phenomenal in his own right. Did Liam still play? Was he still playing when um, Balna won the All Ireland in '04? Did he last? No, or? no. Unfortunately, he he retired the year before. He retired. Wasn't he? The year before, yeah. But yeah, we we won the county title. I remember coming home from Australia, coming on as a sub. Liam had guided the team and brought the team to a county final against Cross Uh I came home from Australia for the weekend to play in the county final, and uh, we won it against Cross Bolina and a lot of high hopes and aspirations. And it went out then that um, we lost. I think it was against Curry from Sligo. And the Sligo champions that went out and bet us then the next round, and it probably was was the end of a long road for Liam. But I, I personally think, um, you know, probably the fatigue and probably losing that when everything was being geared up to say, right, let's go and give this a good crack in Connacht. Um, he just he, he hung up the boots then, and unfortunately, from a from a, a symbolistic point of view, Liam Liam was still a, a Stephenite um, and still a valued member of the club. And always will be, but he just he, unfortunately he didn't he get it. to grasp that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was he was flying, absolutely flying there. Probably gave it everything that year and felt he had nothing to give again. But yeah, um, sure, that's like, definitely, definitely yeah. number eight. Definitely yes, number, like, eight. Definitely is number the, eight. Is this something I didn't know about? Is there a hierarchy between eight and nine in midfield? Uh, there is. Yeah, the hierarchy when I was in a dressing room was no more nine. I was just superstitious. I wasn't. Uh, right. It wasn't a hierarchy, and it wasn't anything else. It was just. Yeah, okay. yeah. You could always. You could. So al- it's just your yeah. number rather than a. Ra- yeah. Rather than it was my, okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 You'd have the boys that are always say, "Well, number eight picks himself. Number nine is the if maybe could be should be." And I'm going, "You go way out of that." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Number well, eight was always the front. Um, yeah. Well, that's um, actually very team. similar to this team because number eight picks himself. Um, there was nobody knocking on Liam McHale here, but number nine could have, would have, should have. Who you've named about five lads, you haven't even named yourself. Who I know you're not going to actually pick yourself, but there's, there's, oh, yeah. like, there's no what? doubt about it that you would be a genuine contender. But I'd be let, interested let me, to see who let, goes on. Let me tell you, um, uh, I have no problem in picking myself, and uh, yeah, number nine is uh, not going to me. <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, going to, from my point of view, um, David Heaney. Right. Okay. And I'm not putting there. I'm not putting him there because just to put him in the team because probably his his downfall was going from eight nine or eight to six to three three to six to nine. Um, but he was an outstanding footballer that never. Look at Bar the day um, that never put a foot wrong. I know he's, he had a hard day in the the, uh, the final against Donaghy, but never put a foot wrong. Um, and the consummate, consummate professional people will probably say yes. Um, I would, I would have edged towards um, uh, Shamie O'Shea um, to a certain degree. I think Shamie and and Dahi show a lot of the same similar traits that they do a job. That is a very hard job to do, but to do it quite simple in their own unassuming way um, about control, contain, and uh, and gather possession. And uh, for me, I would put David Heaney uh, there in the middle of the field with anyone because it's so easy, and it was so easy to play with David because you knew that his his work rate and his capability was always always consistent. Brilliant. Okay, I think that I think that's that's funny because David Heaney. It just shows you how good a player he is that he's been mentioned in three lines here. Um, not only by yourself three, saying six, that he's played nine, there, but yeah. he's mentioned that as a contender in all of them. So he's, he's yeah. he was a great player, you know. Now you've done something. I I picked my own team here earlier, just scribbled it out, and I 
bottled it and put Aidan O'Shea in midfield because I didn't want to leave out another forward. But I do think that Aidan O'Shea is a better forward than he is a midfielder. So you haven't bottled it, but I'll be interested no. to see where we go with no. the half-forward line now. Without a doubt, um, you, can be the, you can be too good to please everyone, but no, I, 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 I don't think Aidan's position, and when he plays there, he plays for long, but I don't think his, his, his position um, his position is uh, from a mid, midfield perspective. Very good. Okay, well, I've, um, it does mean though that uh, I was already leaving out lads that were very good in the half-forward line, so I'm, I'm, def- I'm just interested to hear the next three players now. I'm interested uh, to hear the next six, to be honest. <laughs> If you're a manager, you have to make the hard calls. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You have to make the hard calls. Um, top uh, half forward, um, simple as Alan Dillon. At 10. Simple as, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know what? Um, Mayo lose all Ireland's. It wasn't because Alan Dillon. He didn't have he didn't have some good days in our Ireland finals. Um, and if, if you're talking about teams that's w- winning consistently, well, then you can throw that at someone. But I wouldn't, I, I recognise that pe- some people would say that I wouldn't uh, let it in any way diminish the quality um, and the absolute class of half forward from, and he kind of regenerated, like rejuvenated his game because his, his, his supply at the end is, end of his career not at the end of his career but as you know halfway through his career he, he created that new I suppose, aspect to his game which was um, supplying the ball and delivering and being that outlet rather than like he was a phenomenal scorer and in the most vital of times as well he, uh, he provided it from a, a, a scoring capability context um, but definitely I'd have, I'd have uh, Dillo there yeah absolutely um and on the other side, um, on the other side, I'd have Kevin McLaughlin. Fair enough, yeah. Um, and I'm using the, the phrase, it doesn't get the credit he deserves, <laughs> but he's got credit, he's got all-stars, he's got everything else. But I think as a performer, as a consistent performer, as a, as an all-rounder, and I mean all-rounder, by Jesus he can do, he provides so much to a team, from a scoring, from an athletic context, um, I would put him, I would put him there, mm. and I'd have loved to have, I'd have loved to have played with him, um, because I, 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 uh, I see, and again, I look back, and he's got me all to so much trouble, in the past, from, uh, from, from tight corners, vital goals, Scoring points in national leagues to keep Mayo up. Um, yeah. yeah, it it uh, he wouldn't be everyone's, and there's so much people there. You have look at you have the likes of of, of Morris Fitzgerald, or sorry, Morris Sheridan, who was uh, right half forward back in the nineties. His uh, the oh, man's his, uh, dead ball kicker from off the ground. He was he was absolutely outstanding. Probably um, back then, the half forwards didn't integrate into the game as much as the game has allowed over the last ten or fifteen years. Um, you'd have had you'd have had the likes of 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 um, Kieran McDonald there in the half forward line as well. You'd have you know um, James O'Connor definitely James Horn. Yeah, give him another. Give him give him. Uh, Another give Jeremy O'Connor another another uh, five or six years, and he'll be making that team. Um, but yeah, that's that's on the right hand. On the right hand side is um, is McLaughlin. McLaughlin, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I, 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 like that's it's it's a good call. Like uh, I I remember Ke- uh, Mayo's kind of breakthrough in eleven that kind of started this team that we were talking about earlier and. When they'd lost to Longford in 2010, and you're like, this is sort of, um, you know, you kind of didn't expect much from them, I suppose, when you went through that qualifier campaign in, in 11, and then they just started playing well. And it, it was something Kevin McLaughlin did. I can't remember exactly what, but he was one of a kind of a few of a new breed there. And it was for him, for me, it was him that stood out as member thinking to myself, geez, Mayo might actually have something here. This might be the start of something rather than a flash in yeah. the pan, I suppose. Yeah. And he's 
never ever dropped from that standard. So other players well, have come and maybe even passed them out, and you have like Aidan O'Shea coming through as a superstar, and you have all these lads. But McLaughlin has always been such a pivotal and important part of that team ever since then, massive. ever since that year. Like massive, absolutely massive, and yeah. pivotal and important, and and yeah. And again, this is this is this is this is not a team that's decorated to say whoever's that most honours gets in. But yeah, if you want to pick a team that you have certain men again, yeah. I feel it hard to leave Boiler out, but definitely Kevin McLaughlin. Right. Okay. And Alan Dillon and Kevin McLaughlin then are outside of who? Yeah. So look at you've got to say to yourself, um, what you have is an opportunity from uh, from a, a playing perspective to put Kieran McDonald in at number eleven. Um, you couldn't have, or you couldn't but have Kieran Mack in at number eleven. Um, I think as a playmaker, yes, there was times he played in the in the full forward line. Um, probably more danger to goal. You probably said to him, "Hey, uh, you don't want him straying out around his own uh, centre back line. You want to keep him to close as goal as possible." But yeah, definitely from a centre forward, from a, a playmaker position in his prime, he was uh, he was top class, top yeah. class. And um, just his ability think, to pass the ball as well, like, yeah, as, as well yeah. as the scoring and everything else, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you have um, that's a serious full, full half back line um, of Dylan, Kieran Mack, and Kevin McLaughlin. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can't argue with that. I was worried that uh, McDonald wasn't going to get into your team at all. Actually, I don't know what it was that I heard earlier on that I thought that uh, maybe he was being overlooked, but. Um, I don't think too many will overlook him with kind of a once-in-a-lifetime talent. But uh, it leaves, again, oh, yeah. a good few names that I have written down uh, that are still left over. And you've only got three places left uh, for a full forward line. Yeah. Um, what you do then is put them all in to the full forward line and let them fight between themselves. The, yeah. the rest of the training. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, I suppose, look, you, you can't... I'll, I'll say, I've always said it, um, I think Killian O'Connor has been and is Mio's most, um, I suppose, he's the best player, simple as, that I have seen um, put on the Mayo jersey um, in every way, shape or form. And I suppose when you only look back over, uh, yes, yeah, there was opportunities from, from, from freeze in the dying moments, but they're not they're not going to uh, blur my opinion that he is um, Mio's finest mm. and, and still has the capability and longevity, I think, to go on with, with injuries. Yes, they, are, uh, they, are, they have hampered him, uh, yeah. especially this year and last year. Uh, I think that the COVID break and everything else has come at an absolute ideal time for him and others in the panel. But yeah. I'd, have, I'd have Killian. I, just before we go move off from Killian, I just have to say something. We were talking about um, the greatest Gaelic football moments of the 21st century and, um, and the thing we were doing a few weeks ago. And I was adamant that his equaliser against Dublin oh. in, in, in 16. And I was just like, when I was watching it back, it's such an underrated moment. It's probably because Dublin went on to win the, the, uh, yes. the replay. But if you think about like, if you think about a score like that, in the last second of an all the final from playing to take it on and everything like that. So, I mean, that just if, if anyone just is wondering about Killian O'Connor, forget about freeze and forget about everything else. Like, it's when, when come at the hour, come at the man. Like, you know what I mean? There's, there's a lot more to him than, than all that, you know? From play to his scoring capability, his goal scores, uh, his link play, um, the way he, he commands um, winning the ball as a start. And again, yes, um, I would always take into consideration that the opportunities of a free taker that Killian had from off the ground um, is that of a free taker that has been hampered severely uh, with injury and that particular kind of uh, movement from a, a free taker it hasn't the injury hasn't helped him and it's not it's not it's been going to continue not to help him taking yeah. dead ball um, but when you look back at that moment that pressure um, that he was under um, to produce it, but also the pressure he was under from, I think, I don't know, was it uh, Philly McMahon or, or Johnny Cooper, but he, there was no room. There was no room and there was no opportunity. Mm. And he conjured up one. And uh, yeah, that's, that's their, their like, man says, they're, they're, they're the sign of, of, of a special player. And I, I, I do rate him um, overall as number one. Yeah. Okay, there you there. go. And who, who are the two beside him then? 
uh, the two beside him, I would put Aidan O'Shea in at full forward. Okay. Uh, um, I'm not doing it to put him to fit him in the team. Um, I do think that overall, I see him playing his best football, yes, in around the centre, and he has produced it, but from a full forward perspective, I've seen him absolutely obliterate um, teams. I have seen him command that box and command such so much attention that it's given a lot of leverage to the players around him, including Killian. And mm. he's created that space for them. But no, from a, from an overall context, you um, you'd be you'd be hard hard not to put um, Killian or Aidan O'Shea in any Mayo team. Yeah, um, sure. And again, he has his knockers, and I'm counting football ability and. He has, he has, he hasn't, and even in the bit in the in the the big days, he has produced a performance. To be more in him in certain days, at a at a at a at a the the real, I suppose, getting over the the end line level. But um, I'd have him in full forward again. Uh, you're picking not names, I'm picking players that would complement each other as well. And I think he complements a full forward line when you have the likes of. Uh, the three outside forwards that could uh, alternate um, uh, in in and out of each other, and, and Aiden coming out again, um, I'd have him in at full forward. Um, okay. And again, you're going down to your final, your final, um, your final selection, and you're going again a free taker. Um, you have the option of Connor Mort, um, who, in all fairness to Mort, he was absolutely top class, and brought me over the line and produced Francis excellent performances uh, individually and um, collectively when he was on the team. But you'd have to you'd have to give it to um, Andy Moore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again when you look at it, you have um, one of our most loyal, capable servants uh, who put so much into the game and gave so much into the game. Especially in the latter part of his career, when he came back, and rightly so and deservedly so, got Player of the Year. Um, it was a phenomenal achievement, um, because when you look back on it um, and, and integrate them highlights, highlights, he had a, a, a marvelous not one season, two seasons. Mm. Uh, he had a he had a decade. Um, he had a decade of unbelievable football, um, right from a very inexperienced. Um, full of beans, kind of a young fool, I would call him, when he came on the scene uh, that I played, and he still con- contributed to um, the 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 um, the goal he scored against Dublin in the All Ireland semi final the day the the mill on the hill, as they call it, um, right down to his last and um, his last two years, and um, again, Andy retired and you've gone. And Heinz said it wouldn't have been, there's no good way to go out, but you wouldn't like to have seen, you know, this year filter out and, 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 and the struggle towards the, towards the latter end. Maybe it might have served him a purpose in, in three a months, two and, half months yeah, two and a half months of a championship. Uh, that's what would serve the likes of him. But um, yeah, you have um, the likes of Kevin O'Neill that could have went in there. Um, uh, as far as skill wise um capability wise um he was he was absolutely fantastic didn't get the runs didn't get the opportunities and didn't get the credit he deserved um from from some from some quarters that he should have been a constant feature for your from your football over the years but he wasn't and i think that's what probably it was more um sporadic um, his his inclusion in, in in panels as the year went on, but yeah, uh, yeah one to fifteen, and um, I would not, I would not put myself uh, in it. <laughs> well, look, it's a I, sum. To, it's I, sum. I, I go at sixteen, and I come on if the full back is injured, or if he gets tired, or McHale goes down, or. I'll go in full forward if needed, if needed as well, if Aidan O'Shea needs a break. Yeah, you have to be the first, second and third sub on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if, if, if Clarkie got injured, if Clarkie got injured, I'd, uh, I'd give it a good, a good shot of kicking it out as well. Well, 
I've no doubt about it. Um, it's some team. Uh, let me go through it quickly. It's uh, David Clark, Kenneth Mortimer, um, Kevin Cattle, Keith Higgins, Lee Keegan, James Nallen, Paddy Durkin, Liam McHale, uh, David Heaney, Alan Dillon, Kieran McDonald, Kevin McLaughlin, Andy Moran, Aidan O'Shea, and Killian O'Connor. Um, it's, yeah, as I said, it's some 15. Um, there is like the names kind of left out there. Uh, probably the most high profile ones being um, Connor Mortimer, Colin Boyle, and maybe James Horan. Uh, but there's obviously a few others there and there's an endless amount of team. Everyone will pick a different team, I suppose, but it'll be interesting to see come Saturday um, how what the kind of consensus is. But I don't think you'll be too far off anyway. But um, a thankless task anyway, David. So I really appreciate you you're taking the time to um, uh, insult some of your fellow county men that you've left off. No problem. And you know what? When, I, when you ask me to say pick my team, you look back and you, you say, that fella was better than the other fella. How am I gonna how am I gonna pick one of them? So uh yeah, I, I've left I I've left I left some of my friends off the team. Um but says, I, they're in good company because I left myself off as well. And exactly. They're, they're probably they're probably very they're probably very, very surprised that I did leave myself off. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I, it took it took myself some persuasion to say Put in Heavy instead of Brady. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I don't know. <laughs> if you were waiting on the manager to call it out instead of yourself, I don't know if you'd have been as quite as uh, yeah, taken yeah. as well, you know? If the, manager, if the manager picked that team now and I wasn't on it, I'd, I'd have turned the red dress from upside down. <laughs> well, look, yeah, this is... This, I'm, it's, I'm mellowing with age. That's what it is. That I'm must be it. That, mo- that yeah, must yeah. be it. There's plenty of time, though, if you do think that David has been far too mo- modest, you can get the other David into midfield by going on to balls at E, going to the GEA section and going to vote for your Mayo 15 for 30 now. You can get your votes in. As I said, it closes on Saturday afternoon and on Saturday evening on balls, we will be revealing the official Mayo 15 for 30, not voted by David Brady, but voted for by the general public um, at large. And I suppose half a Mayo will get on it at some stage to try and get make sure that their their club people or their, their favourites get in. But uh, again, David, thanks very much for uh, for taking the time uh, today. And um, yeah, a sure, look, hopefully we'll be talking to you when there's some real football on in the next yes. in the next few weeks or months. Look forward to it, Mick, and I look forward to seeing the uh, the people's vote coming to uh, conclusion by Sarah and seeing what their uh, what their opinions is because uh, they're more expert than the rest of us. Thanks again. Cheers, Mick.